It's news from heaven. Why it's dangerous to talk to spirits. This is a subject we get a lot of questions about, and there are so many ways to approach this conversation. There are so many angles. It's a complex topic. Sometimes people are are saying, oh, I had a spiritual experience. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Other people are saying, listen, I had a terrible experience with some kind of negative entity or something was attacking me or I did these drugs or I got into this stuff and it gave me these lingering effects of this negative spiritual influence. So what is the answer? You know, is it dangerous to talk to spirits? Why is it dangerous? So I'll tell you with all these different ways we can come at this conversation, I'll tell you how I'm coming at it. And it's the way that I think we're supposed to come at everything which is that the point of this is to help the human being. So there's everything that is unpleasant and false that is coming out of the dark side of life that is trying to hurt the human being. And this human being could be you, it could be me, it could be anybody who's ever lived. It's trying to come against our happiness. And trying to help the human being is the truth. Another name for the truth is God, because God is love and truth. And God's love and truth is trying to, when everything it teaches us at any time, bring us more into a happy, heavenly state. So let's see if we can learn something about spirit safety that, no matter where we are, lifts us up to that. And this, by the way, Somebody saying that there's dangers to talking to spirits who, Swedenborg, I mean, who talked to spirits safely for 30 years. So there's got to be some caveats. This is from Heaven and Hell, number 249. Talking with spirits is rarely allowed nowadays, though, because it is dangerous. There you have it. Talking to spirits is dangerous. Case closed. Well, not totally. Because he doesn't say it's never allowed. It's just rare. And talking to spirits is still rare because I've never talked to any. There's a lot, most of your, and even people who have had some kind of experience have had it a couple of times in their life. Most of the time, we are not, even though there's all these people, Swedenborg is saying, all the people that you ever knew that have died, all the people that have ever died in history, there are spirits. You are a spirit. You got a body hanging on you right now, but that's going to go, and then you'll be a spirit. So all these people are out there, and we we can talk a lot to each other. We can get on social media and, and yell things at anyone anywhere in the world, but you can't talk to people on the other side, who, according to Swedenborg, the other side is like right here, right with us all the time. We barely ever break through. It's rarely allowed. I don't think you can argue that. It's, maybe it's getting more common. That brings us to our next point, which is nowadays, which for Swedenborg in this book is 1758. That's old. The Macarena is not even that old. So has have conditions changed a lot in the last 250 years? Do more people talk to them? I don't know. However, I doubt it's changed so much that there's no danger in talking to spirits. So let's look at what is dangerous about it. Why don't we all just Ouija board our way into 
cracking that open. What's it do to talk to spirits? Just talking. What's wrong with talking? The spirits then actually know that they are with us, which otherwise they would not. Oh, just like we don't, most people walk through life. For example, I'm sorry to stop it. It's a semicolon. This is a decent spot. Most people, if they accidentally came across this video, would say, look at these weirdos talking about spirits. Because most people don't think there is such a thing. They don't think that, maybe. I mean, the general societal consensus, at least in Western countries, is there's not really a life after death. That, so spirits of people who are... No, that, that's not real. But it's the same thing for spirits. They don't know that th- they're around us. I mean, they probably know we exist since they used to be us, but they don't get that they're so close to us. So, uh, so talking alerts them, and evil spirits, by nature, harbor a murderous hatred for us and crave nothing less then our total destruction, body and soul. Regardless, spirit, person, what animal, if there was any entity that harbored a murderous hatred for you and, for good measure, craved nothing less than our total destruction, body and soul, is it good to talk to them? Do you want, do you want them to know where you are? This is why... We try to keep our identity secret. We try not to let everybody know where we live and make that public knowledge. Not because most people, we don't care if most people know, but there's some people out there that we know are messed up. And so you don't want them getting access. So there are these spirits who are messed up. Swedenborg calls them evil spirits. And evil spirits are you and me, if we choose to love harming other people, love dominance, everything that degrades or uses other people for our own gain. If we fall in love with that and we develop a taste for it and make it part of our life, then that sticks to your spirit. And when you do shed the body, That becomes who you are. And actually, in the spiritual world, you go through this process where everything that doesn't really match the core of who you are gets pulled away and made dormant. So if you're really into evil, you really come to embody it, and that is who Swedenborg would call an evil spirit. And they, how you know that that's not a great lifestyle, is this whole, like, harboring the murderous hatred. Okay, this is actually what goes on in people... This is actually what goes on in people who regularly lose themselves in delusions, even to the point that they lose touch with the pleasures appropriate to their natural person. So some kind of hallucinatory state, is it schizophrenia now we would call, who knows, that there is the spiritual world coming in, depriving us of our ability to live this life, which you might think, gosh, I just want to have contact outside this world, but there's some stuff that we're doing in this life that's important. That's why we're here in the first place. But there's other categories of contact. There are some people who lead solitary lives who sometimes hear spirits talking with them without risk. Classic Swedenborg. And I mean this 
it affectionately, but he will make a blanket statement. Talking with spirits is dangerous. Some people can do it without risk. So don't get fundamentalist about it. Don't think there's a sentence on the paper. So that means that's how it is for everything. Since there, there are very few sentences anywhere that are true about everything. Maybe, it, not even E equals MC squared, right? Aren't they finding that there's actually some weird quirkiness or string theoriness that's undermining that? I don't know, but I know that it's very hard to come up with anything that's true everywhere. So take everything you learn and hold it and, and use it, but hold it like with, a, don't death grip it because you don't know the full picture. But the Lord keeps these spirits a little space away so that they do not know they are with these individuals. So if we're out in the woods or, or I don't know, maybe we just don't even have that many human friends, maybe that it comes through. Most spirits you see are not aware that there is any world other than the one they are living in or therefore that there are people anywhere else. Spirits, especially if you're wrapped up in delusions, can be forgetful. They can, you can forget, you can, like when you're in a dream and it's not weird to you at all that you just got into this new environment and you don't really think about the, your history and life and you're just there and you're doing the next thing. You can get into that kind of state as a spirit. And so you're not really aware that, oh yeah, right, back on earth. So we're not allowed to talk back to them since if we did, they would know. And you may be even saying at this point, wait a second, I, I've had encounters where I, I talk back and, and, they, uh, and it was great. And we just had somebody recently writing in about how they had had uh, uh, somebody that they loved who had died and, and gotten the wonderful encounters with her that had, you know, buoyed them through the grief. And I'm not saying that that stuff is bad. I think that stuff happens all the time. I've known people who have had great experiences with that, obviously near-death experiences. Like I said, don't hold it so rigidly. But it seems to me like one component of those is like it's not something we are really seeking. It's something that comes to us. Who knows the specifics of the mechanics? But there is something to saying, hey, be careful. Be careful in there. There can be pitfalls. Just like we did a show about this quite a while ago where we called Is It Safe to Talk to Spirits, I believe. And we made the apt comparison there. Is it safe to talk to people? Some people, most people, not everybody. You wouldn't go into certain areas. You wouldn't go across the world to a city you didn't understand and just start talking and, and just, hey, yeah, I do need directions. Where do I go? You have to have some street smarts. Here's another condition in which the veil kind of disintegrates a bit. People who are constantly thinking about religious matters, so wrapped up in them that they practically see them, see them within themselves also begin to hear spirits talking with them. This is because when we voluntarily get wrapped up in religious matters, no matter what kind, even Swedenborg, without the interruption of various useful activities in the external world, these matters enter into us very deeply and take substance there so that they occupy our whole spirit, move into the spiritual world, and affect spirits there. There are times when I think I should just be super spiritual all the time and I don't need to go and mess around and do the things the common people do. Because wouldn't that be good? You don't, you don't live for this world. You're mm -mm. Like, I, like we were saying before, 
with this natural person. There are, there are, there's a reason why it's, you need to take vacations. There's a reason why you got to get a hobby. There's a reason why every once in a while you want to be in conversation. Because we're not built to get sucked all the way into that world while we're in this world. However, people like this are visionaries or fanatics. And no matter what spirit they hear, they believe it is the Holy Spirit. Even though the spirits they hear are fanatical. You may look out at the world and say, well, these crazy religious people think the Holy Spirit is talking to them. It's you can find it on, on YouTube. You can find it all over the place. And you think, well, these people are just making it up. or are they But it could be that a lot of people might actually be hearing this direction from a spirit, a voice. And they think this is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is telling them, look, I'm the Holy Spirit and I'm coming to you. But it's just like I get phone calls all the time where it's just it's this robo voice saying, your case is pending. If you do not submit these papers to the FBI, we will have to take action. Oh, it's an FBI agent on my phone? No, it's not. No, it's not. It's somebody who wants you to think that because they want something out of you. They want you to call and give them your credit card information. It's just like these spirits want to be seen as the Holy Spirit, right? They want to, like, I want to be this important thing who can tell you what to do. And so they can come and mess with you. Spirits like this see false things as true. So what kind of spirits would want to mess with you? Spirits like this see false things as true. And because they see them as true, they convince themselves and also convince the people into whom they flow. Okay, so in some cases, it might just be delusion. It might not even be manipulation. Either way, though, isn't this the problem? We have all this misinformation flying around the internet right now, and the problem is people will just believe it. I don't know if you would want to say that it, you know, our channel is also a strange corner of the internet. I hope we're telling the truth on things, but that's why we always try to say, like, you know, think... Roll this over in your mind. Think it through for yourself. See if it's true. But these, So these spirits are saying, no, I'm locked in on something that's not true. And so I'm telling you it. And because I'm a spirit, you might believe me. Further, since spirits like this who command obedience, by the way, red flag, red flag, have also begun to urge people to do evil things, they have gradually been moved away. I think he's talking about cleared out of the spiritual world in access. But red flag, if you're ever getting anything inside you that's commanding obedience. Swedenborg makes the astounding claim that God never forces anyone to do anything. God never forces anyone to do anything. That is why you have a world here that is rigorously debating whether God exists, exhibits the entire spectrum of behaviors in terms of being in tune with the divine design all the way to living purposefully in the exact opposite of it. God never forces anyone to do anything. God is trying to get you to willingly embrace things. God inspires people to help and try to move things in a direction, but that's not God doesn't operate. I don't know why. I mean, I can see some indications. Sometimes it feels like, just grab the steering wheel more forcefully than you are. Like there's, anyway, 
if God's not doing it, the, if anything, let alone any person, obviously, if there's a person who's saying, you have to do this, I'm commanding you, that's a red flag. And if there's anything spiritual that's, that's saying, you have to, I'm, I'm the Holy Spirit, you have to do this, I don't know, man. I would really vet that. I'd get a second opinion if I were you. And I've also begun to urge people to do evil things. And if the commanding is the red flag, this is like, what is the thing the red flag is pointing to? If it's urging you to do something evil, harmful, Holy Spirit doesn't do that. They have gradually been moved away. Fanatical spirits can be differentiated from other spirits by the fact that they believe they are the Holy Spirit and that what they are saying is divine. They do not harm those into whom they flow because those people offer them divine worship. So that is commenting on what he said earlier, that evil spirits want to destroy you. Well, if they can get you to do whatever they want, that's good enough. That's the nature of this evil that I talked about that turns you into an evil spirit. It's either you're attack, you, you want everyone to do exactly what you want, and if they don't do it, then you want to kill them. That is, or destroy them, or whatever. That, that is the distilled essence of hell. I have talked with them on occasion, and the unspeakable things they instill into their worshipers have come to light. And on some weirdness, they all live together toward the left in a desert area. Desert corresponding to their lack of truth, I would assume. Okay, there's some information. So, is, are all spiritual encounters dangerous? No. Are some of them? Yes. Is it generally totally carefree experience to go out and try to seek the spiritual world? No, I would say be careful. Be careful with that. Seems to be what Swedenborg is indicating. But look also at the why. Why? Because you don't want to get locked into something where you're getting these commands to do things. You read on the news people who believe, had some f fanatical belief and went and committed some huge crime because of it or some fanatical belief and harm themselves because of it. You also don't want to, yeah, you don't want to, most of it could be harmless, but you don't want to crack open a door where there's going to be, oh, you know, this, this sort of homing beacon on you, just like right now, you're protecting your identity. So I would say it can be dangerous, and it's important to point that out. This is just why every, you feel good when you come into some kind of, you, you watch it in some kind of show, and they're doing stunts, and you say, wait, you know, contact a trained professional before you do this. It's the same kind of vibe, I think. Just, hey, it's not, it's not all, oh, it's spiritual, so it's fine. There's something, there's something to be concerned about. But if you're getting some kind of experience happening to you that you love and it's making your life better, and I think that people's loved ones and angels talk to people all the time. So I just want to give you a little extra to put in there, rattle it around, see where it lands for you, and I hope that regardless of whether you never have any kind of overt spiritual experiences, or if it's just been a part of your life since you were a little kid, I hope that you're having a life that's focused on what's good and what's true, and on living from the opposite of that hellish love we were talking about before, where you're looking at, instead of, I want everyone to do what I want, I'm looking at how, how can I best benefit this person, and, and asking the higher source of wisdom, what do I do? to make their life good, because that's going to attract the right kind of spiritual company. That's the news from heaven. Thanks, everybody. What do you think? I mean, does that inform you? Have you had spiritual experiences? Let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Hope you can take this out and do something good in your day and your week with it, 
and I can't wait till we meet again. Thank you so much. This has been so fun.